Welcome to Marvelous Disney, the podcast that discusses the most recent doings at one of the more dynamic divisions of the Walt Disney Company, which is, of course, Marvel Entertainment. I am entertainment writer Jim Hill, and my co-host, the amazing Aaron Adams, and I are recording this week's episode on Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. Yes, that Tuesday, folks. The one where the fate of all of Western civilization seemingly hangs in the balance, so... No pressure! So, Aaron and I are here to distract, to entertain, to inform. I mean, you did earn the right to be distracted right about now. I mean, you voted, right? Okay. But speaking of the election, you, you have something special? Well, you know, Jim, we don't, we don't get into politics on the show. This is an entertainment-based thing, but tonight is a special night. We want to keep our finger on the pulse of America to gauge whether we're going to have another four years under the rule of the Avengers or if we're going to have a radical change and new leadership under the X-Men. So tonight, live from Washington, D.C., please welcome special correspondent Groot. Groot, live from D.C., how's it going tonight? I am Groot. Yes, we just introduced you, but can you tell us what's going on on election night? Who's ahead, X-Men or the Avengers? I am Groot. Oh, yeah. Huh. Okay, tell you what, we're, we're going to check back in with Groot in a little bit. I did not think this one through. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm seeing I'm seeing where I made the mistake. I applaud the effort. Okay, before we get into the news part of the show, folks, the news portion of this week's Marvelous Disney is brought to you by Storybook Destinations, trusted travel partner of the Marvelous Disney podcast. If you're now ready to travel again and want a worry-free travel experience, be sure and book online at storybookdestinations.com. So, Aaron, to just jump into it, there have been 231,500 deaths to date in the United States of COVID-19. Just this past week, our country had a day where 99,321 new cases of the coronavirus were reported. Just so you know, that's the highest single-day total, the, the largest number of infections recorded in one day in any country in the world mm. ever now, here's the thing. If you turn and look at what Marvel Studios is up to right now, it's basically COVID-19. What is this global pandemic you speak of? We have no time to concern ourselves with coronavirus. We have lots of limited series and major motion pictures to make. I mean, seriously, if you've been paying attention to like what's gone on over the last two weeks, I mean, we had Moon Knight, which August of 2019 at the D23 Expo, that's when Kevin Feige told the 6,000 people who were in Hall D23 that this limited series was Mercenary Mark Spector. Is that the character, yeah. Moon Knight? Well, he's got multiple personality disorder, so uh, really, he's got a couple of names he could go by if he wanted to go that way. Okay, all right. So now, 14 months later, Moon Knight is finally ready to move from development into production. So last week, it was revealed that Oscar Isaacs, who played Resistance leader Poe Dameron in the most recent Star Wars trilogy, he's been cast as the lead. No, uh, no, no, no. The Back that up, Jim. You introduced him wrong. Don't introduce him as a Star Wars person. Introduce him as the two other Marvel characters he's already played. Okay, and those are? Well, he was uh, uh, Apocalypse oh, God, from the X-Men right. side. He was also Spider-Man mm -hmm. 2099 at the end of uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. See, this is why I work with this man. Okay. The, this is his hat trick for crying out loud. This is his third time in a Marvel film, finally in the proper MCU. 
right? Again, I stand corrected. Okay. Well, additional news about Moon Knight. Mohammed Daib has been hired to helm the series, while Jeremy Slater will serve as Moon Knight's showrunner. Meanwhile, while Moon Knight is gearing up to begin production, word came out of Prague on October 23rd that Falcon and the Winter Soldier, another limited series that Marvel is prepping for Disney+, Plus, has finally wrapped production. And then two days after that, word came out of Australia that Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings has wrapped. Uh, Simu Liu, who plays the title role in this Marvel Studios production, took to Twitter to say, we have made a baby. Uh? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds translation. like... <laughs> yeah, translation error. Translation, you know, the, 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 from Hollywood talk to normal person talk. We have made a movie. Okay. And we can't wait to introduce him to the world in nine months. Again, translation, Chang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings was scheduled to be released theatrically on July 9th, 2021. Quick reminder that both the production of Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings was halted back in mid-March as Marvel Studios and Disney initially tried to get its arms around COVID, trying to decide if this is a temporary work stoppage and how to deal with this global pandemic. Mm -hmm. Shang-Chi was able to resume production in August, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier took a little longer uh, to do, figure out its coronavirus workaround. It didn't resume production until September this year. Now, now hold on. Uh, Shang-Chi was mm -hmm. filmed in Australia. This is true. Falcon and Winter Soldier, were they abroad still, or were they back in Atlanta? Where were they at? They started in September in Atlanta, and then they flew over to Prague. Because remember, when production shut down in March, they were in Prague shooting actions in. Sure. So they had to button up that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think with the having to travel and quarantine for two weeks made that a little, little more onerous. But they started in Atlanta and finished up in Prague, and now evidently they've got everything they need. So. Apparently, the uh, the climax of the series will take place in a series of hotel rooms because that's, that's where they were just crashing while they're waiting for the corona to get off. That's right. They're just like, ah, screw it. Just hand me that bar of soap and punch him I in the face. I was about to say, you know, you know subdue of a supervillain with a teeny tiny bar of soap. <laughs> right, yeah. Meanwhile, uh, getting back to Atlanta, the third Spider-Man featuring Tom Holland got some specifics about what was going on with the shooting uh, outside of uh, New York City. That It was second unit. They were shooting in Sunnyside, Queens, New York. And supposedly a lot of the stuff was just grabbing footage before the snow flies, which they may have waited too long for that because it actually yeah. has snowed twice up here in New Hampshire already. So Tom Holland has flown down to Atlanta to Marvel's massive production complex at Pinewood Studios. I don't know if you've been following any of this stuff on social media, but Tom made a reference this time around, you know, to the effect of, you know, he had his tablet and he was talking on social media. He said, I learned my lesson. Because remember the last time he either accidentally or deliberately revealed on social media the subtitle of the, the second Spidey reboot film, Far From Home. And he ended up accidentally breaking the iPad the script was on as he was trying not to flash it at the camera. I believe that that is, in fact, what happened. Speaking of somebody who was reading the script on camera, Jacob Batalon, who plays Peter Parker's friend Ned Leeds, posted a video of himself reading the script of the third Spidey movie. And there's this rather theatrical moment where Jacob's jaw hits the floor when, you know, the some big reveal or something spectacular happens in the script. And speaking of jaw dropping, have you seen a recent picture of Jacob? I've only seen half of him. 
Yes, yes. I mean, this young man has lost a significant amount of weight. And as a fat guy, I applaud that. I sure. you know the fact that he made the effort and he looks great, he you does. know, he uh, does. to... So, I was wondering if if uh, they were dangling the Ned Leeds uh, hobgoblin carrot in front of them, going, you know, we, mm. we want a sinister six, and I think we're only at five. We got five billions, boy. If we could find that sixth, here's a uh. salad. <laughs> I mean, you got to look good in the tights, right? I mean, motivation is motivation, and if that's the path that then leads the hobgoblin, that could be cool. Sure. Anyway, getting back to Sony's third Spider-Man reboot. Initially, we heard that this film was shooting under the working title Serenity Now. However, word is coming out of Pinewood, Atlanta, that Spidey 3 now has a new working title, which is no The November Project, which I get because they started shooting down there in Atlanta in November. Yeah, but weren't they always doing a, a Seinfeld-themed name for their cover, uh, cover name? The problem is that was something they did that amused them but then once it got out to the world. Oh, now everyone's looking for the Serenity Now shoot because they know it's the spider. Go. All right. So, uh, well, Jim, we just let mm -hmm. Cat out of the bag number two. You just well, told them the new name. No, they see the, no this, take this it is... back. Retraction, retraction, retraction. What he said was hogwash. Pure made up <laughs> gibberish and nonsense. Don't mind wow. you. Hey, what, you know what? We got to go to Groot real quick. Groot, how's it going out there in D.C.? Can you tell us what's going on? I am Groot. Yeah, no, it's still not working for me. I This uh, is a failure on all ends. Well, okay, what's our next topic? Okay, well, <laughs> again, forgive me for hyping on the November project thing, but there's an outfit called Catrell and Locke. They're an Atlanta-area casting agent. Uh, they've handled the hiring of extras for a lot of the large-scale productions that are shot at Pinewood Atlanta, and they recently put out word that they need a bunch of performers for the November project. The casting listing calls for dozens of people to play cameramen, reporters, and photographers, mm. protesters, mm. and high school students. Okay, high school students is a gimme because Peter and Ned are in high school with MJ. Cameramen, you know, reporters, photographers, given what Spidey does. Well, you he hasn't yet. Right now, it looks like Jay Jonah's a future nemesis more than a boss. Yeah, and he knows yeah. and he knows it's Peter Parker. So we know darn well that Pete's not going to go pick up a camera and go, hey, let me shoot some pictures for you. Oh, by the way, I just coincidentally caught a picture of Spider-Man. Jay knows <laughs> what's up right now. So that gag just ain't going to fly. So, yeah. yeah, we've got a different relationship that's more direct antagonist. That is true. Uh, the one that leaped out at me, though, is protesters. Right. So I wonder what that's all about. Oscorp. There's got to be some sort of scientific bad guy in the background. That's usually mm -hmm. the way it goes with Spidey's villains. It's science-based because he's a smart kid hanging around with, you know, Doc Ock and the lizard. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's always a science guy. The Oscorp is all science-based. And, geez, there's so many, so many. So. Hmm. Okay. Well, again, remember, supposedly in December we have that teaser coming. So maybe, hopefully, we'll, you know, get a little more information there. Just to circle back, though, on this casting call for extras with Catrell and Locke, given especially the recent resurgence in COVID-19, I don't honestly know how responsible it is for Marvel to be shooting scenes that deliberately involve crowded conditions right about now. No, no, no. Escapism. Fantasy. I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't want to have a COVID Marvel movie where every, I mean, every, everyone's already wearing a mask. I just don't want it to be a surgical mask. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let, it, let us escape and really... If you're going to keep Black Widow out of theaters until COVID is over, there is mm -hmm. no point in shooting a COVID-relevant movie right now. 
mm-hmm. because you're, you're looking at it in the rearview mirror by the time you get there. I did call friends at Marvel Studios, they, and they assured me that they are following all of the current industry-accepted pandemic precautions on these productions. But but that said, you know, Jurassic World was, was doing the exact same thing. They resumed production in the UK and back in July at, at the Pinewoods over there. And this Colin Trevorrow film still had to shut down production for two weeks back in October because they had crew members that came down with COVID-19. But at the same time, in fact, it's interesting you bring up, you know, the Black Widow thing, because if you talk with the folks at Marvel, their attitude right now, and this this has to do with the gearing up of the limited series and the, the aggressive number of theatrical releases that they're doing. And it's like, look... Potentially, and again, hopefully Groot will give us some insights here later, but <laughs> there could be a new resident in the White House soon, and which could lead to a national mask mandate, or for that matter, there could be a workable COVID-19 treatment plan, or God willing, an actual coronavirus vaccine by next spring. Mm-hmm. And so theaters, in theory, could be back in business, and, and more to the point from Marvel Studios' side, you have an audience that is starved for entertainment. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, the whole notion of let's make sure we have the, these top quality limited series and likewise all of these theatrical films ready to go in the pipeline for 2021 and beyond. And and speaking of which, beyond 2021, did you see on October 24th, Marvel put out word that they are looking for screenwriters, uh, ideally... Mm-hmm. African-American writers, the project that, that they're looking for the, these screenwriters for, and also, to be honest, get talented African-Americans to handle photography, production, that sort of thing. This is for Blade. Oh, for Blade. Okay, now this this makes sense. And Jim, you write mm. for a living. Yep. You, know, you know how to put words to paper. My mm. career has also involved decades of writing, mm. and I have never, ever been a woman. And I sometimes I have a hard time with the perspective of a woman because I've mm-hmm. never experienced it. And so in those times when I have to write from the perspective of, of a female, every single time I take my script and I run it by uh, female colleagues and go, is this right? Mm-hmm. Did, did I do well or did I do something wrong? And if they say, oh, no, you got it all wrong. I have them educate me as to what I got wrong and why. And then I change the script accordingly. And I really believe that if you're doing a movie that's predominantly African-American characters, mm. you probably should have some African-Americans on the team creating the stuff because they are it. They have the perspective. They don't need to run it by someone else and go, is this us? Given the box office that Black Panther did because it embraced African-American culture, it was the first black superhero and just really leaned into it. They really leaned into creating a, a vivid world with authenticity. And as a direct result, you know, the world embraced that movie. So right from when this project was announced in 2019 at Marvel's Hall H presentation, when they brought Mahara Chala Ali on stage, as, hey, look who wants to be Blade. Though Mr. Ali was on the Tightrope podcast just recently and revealed that when Marvel was initially toying with rebooting Blade, they were looking at it as a TV series, something that was going to be in the style of Luke Cage. Now, where were they going to put that TV series? Because if it was ABC... Oh, boy, Jim, you know I'm not going to have a pretty answer to that. On our last show, you were talking at length about Hellstrom. Mm -hmm. And the initial plan there, when Jeff Loeb 
was talking about launching a Marvel Adventure in Fear franchise is there were going to be multiple series. And it's hard for me to look at you know, them talking about bringing Blade the television and think, maybe that was going to be part of the Hellstrom adventure in Fear I do. Oh, sure. Yeah, that absolutely could have been. And I did get a listener email that had listed off like a good five or six possibilities. I think there was like a Son of Dracula. There was oh. a Man Wolf or uh, mm. no, Werewolf by Night. There were uh, some distinct possibilities. And, and what it essentially sounded like to me was the universal classic monsters, but Marvel. Hmm. And that was where I started to go, man, I got a problem with this because Universal hasn't been able to pull this off yet. No, they haven't. It would be a, a pale comparison to the original that is already having mm-hmm. their own problems. This is true. This is true. Now, we were just talking about San Diego Comic-Con, but New York Comic-Con, which was virtual this year, streamed in October 8th through the 11th. And there was this wonderful panel, which you can go watch right now, where Patton Oswald served as the host, and it was all about Marvel's MODOK, the yeah. stop-motion show uh, from the super talented folks at Super Buddy Studios. They have two clips from the actual show in it that establishes both the world and the premise, and it's kind of a supervillain-based take on The Office, but Patton Oswalt is, is the perfect MODOK. I cannot stress enough how much fun this is, and he's really leaned into owning this role. There's a brand new MODOK comic book coming out on December 2nd. Mm-hmm. It's called MODOK Head Games. Uh, number one will drop on December 2nd, and it's actually written by Patton, and Jordan Blum, uh, who's the showrunner on Marvel's MODOK. And if you want to take a look, get a taste of it now, you can actually go to marvel.com. And just today, they put up the first five pages of MODOK Head Games Volume 1. But seriously, look at that and then go check out Marvel's MODOK video from New York Comic Con that's on YouTube. And it's like, I, I cannot wait for this show to show up in 2021. So speaking of Marvel Comics... Aaron, you have an idea that you'd like to share with the Marvelous Disney listeners that sort of relates to that, which we'll get to on the second half of today's show. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. On our last show, Aaron, you were talking about how so many of the exhibitors right now in the era of COVID are are facing challenges. And you suggested kind of an interesting idea about like families renting out an entire theater just for them to, say, watch something like Mulan or Tenet? It's actually uh, like a teeter-totter right now. The Mm. film industry itself will not give 
the movie theaters a movie that is worth a damn to watch. Okay. Mm-hmm. So while they're holding the goods, it's it's like they won't kick up. So you're just kind of stuck on the board in air with your legs dangling on the teeter-totter going, come on, let me have something. And you're just sitting there going, nope. And and that's the way it's going to be. You're going to be stuck on that mm-hmm. teeter-totter until one of the, 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 until the film industry budges and gives something to the theaters. So we've got something like Tenet is out and mm-hmm. it's showing in, in one theater. And I actually had an itch to go to the theater and I actually looked online to find out what was playing and what were, what the conditions were. And I was not convinced to go to the theater at that time. It still was not right. You're playing a bunch of garbage. You're playing V for Vendetta, it mm-hmm. poltergeist, Apollo 13, conjuring Two, elite, battle angel nightmare before Christmas monsters, Inc. Hocus Pocus. That's nine theaters that you could mm-hmm. free up. And so if you play tenant in those nine theaters, and then you sell one ticket for that theater, like you would sell it for like a, a family. You've got your disinfecting time may be increased greatly between films, but you've actually got people coming into your theater and not getting sick. You know, that's, that's the whole game right now is can you prove that it's safe to do? And in the case mm-hmm. like Disneyland, I didn't think it would ever worked. And now I'm a believer that I could actually go to, or not Disneyland, Disney world. That mm-hmm. I believe I could go to Disney World right now and not get sick because of the experiences that have been reported about they've got the mask, they've got the sanitation, they've got the spacing, they've got a plan, and it may not be perfect, but they're willing to flex and adjust to make it right. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Mentally right now, I need a break. I would love to go on vacation. I'm almost thinking I could honestly mm-hmm. go to Disney World. That's a possibility for me right now. I still don't believe I can walk into a theater two blocks away, though. Right. Mm. That's that's challenging. So we need a psych. We just need a psychology shift. And Mm -hmm. what I found online was that the theater they're offering ninety nine dollars. You got the whole theater to yourself. Uh, But due to popular demand, they were out of theaters. And like if you get rid of the nine crap movies, Mm -hmm. you've got nine extra theaters and you can fill those with just tenant and you can make people happy and they can say, I went to the theater. It was fine. And we can start psychologically thinking there's a plan. I have to follow some rules. There's basic minimums that must be addressed of mask and and distancing. But Mm -hmm. after you do all of that, you can have a safe experience and go to a theater again. If the theater did that, they then prove to Hollywood that they can make some money on a movie. And then once Hollywood starts believing that they can start making money again, they will start releasing their movies. It's psychology all the way around. It's like a pyramid of psychology, and one of them's got to have a gimmick to get the other two to believe it works. It would be great if some exhibitor would would lean into this. Well, they are starting with the $99, you have your own private theater. And I think at that price point, it's just a tiny bit high, but if you're Mm -hmm. a family of, say, four, and mm-hmm. your ticket was originally like uh, 15 bucks on the high side because yeah. you went 3D IMAX or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so that's uh, 30 bucks for two, 60 bucks for four normally. You're increasing mm-hmm. your price by $40, but you get a theater entirely to yourself mm-hmm. with no jackals chatting on their phones or anything during the film. Just you and your family enjoying a film a night out out of the house. I think it's worth the extra 40 bucks to have that. So it's just they got to now clear all the garbage out because no one's Mm going to go see. I mean, Hocus Pocus is fine during Halloween, but I don't know a darn person that's ever going to risk their life and spend the money 
to go sit in a, in a theater under mysterious conditions of we don't know mm-hmm. who's next to you, where they came from, if they've been tested ever. They're not wearing a mask. Do you get up and leave and try and get a refund? I mean, there's all kinds of garbage. So, mm. no, no, it, it, intriguing idea. And the fact that this is out there already. Again, we'll keep tabs on that, see what goes forward from there. All right. Not too long ago, we talked about how deep down buried in the code for a WandaVision image that was released to the press. It was supposedly metadata that revealed the start date for this soon-to-be-streaming limited series on Disney+, Plus, which was reportedly Friday, November 27th. Well, that may have once been the plan for WandaVision, but that's reportedly off now. Elizabeth Olsen, the actress who plays Wanda Maximoff, was actually supposed to make an appearance at the Armageddon Expo, which is a Comic-Con-like event that is held annually in uh, New Zealand. On October 22nd, Armageddon Expo had to announce that Elizabeth would not be appearing at that year's con, largely because there had been a last-minute reshoot scheduled for a certain number of scenes for WandaVision, uh, which meant that Ms. Olsen was stuck in Atlanta uh, until those reshoots were done. Supposedly, according to friends at Marvel Studios, it's these reshoots that wound up having WandaVision pushed back from late November to mid to late December, which, not so coincidentally, is when season two of The Mandalorian will be wrapping up on that subscription streaming service. You know, Jim, originally back in the old day when I didn't have mm. to shave, there used to be orange groves as far as I could see <laughs> out my window. Uh, the original date was December 31st or something mm-hmm. like that. If they, wouldn't was. Have, if they wouldn't have moved it the first time, yeah. they yeah. wouldn't have had to move it back and then possibly move it back again. They should have just left it where it was. And then if they, everything turned out to be fortuitous at the last <laughs> moment, they could have went, Hey, surprise, guess what? We're going to release it a week, two weeks early. And everybody would have went, Oh my goodness. And the shock on our faces, we would have. Scream from the highest mountains, manna from heaven, be giveth to us from Disney+. Plus. Uh, but remember that, that WandaVision moved because Falcon and the Winter Soldier had to stop its shoot in March in Prague, and we talked about that. Yeah, I remember again, how the dominoes tipped. I'm just saying, if they just would have left it, they wouldn't have had to move it two more times and keep going. Oh, by the way. I know, I know. Oh, oh speaking of Scarlet Witch-related stuff... I don't know how many of you picked up a copy of the Wakanda Files. It's this terrific new book from Epic Inc. Uh, His store shelves back on October 20th, but I was paging through this handsome 160-page hardcover uh, written by Troy Benjamin, by the way. And the gimmick of this book is it's supposedly uh, written by Shuri. It's a technical exploration of the Avengers and beyond, but buried down deep in this book is what appears to be sort of a finagling of the backstory for Wanda and Pietro Maximoff, which again, mm. remember, they were introduced mid credit scene in Captain America Winter Soldier back in April of 2014. What they suggest in the text of this book is that their superpowers didn't come about because they were exposed to the Mind Stone in Loki's Scepter, but rather because they were latent mutants. So let's see, when officially were they able to use the word mutants? After they acquired Fox, which was not all that long ago. When did the book come out? Very recently? Uh, Came out October, uh, October 20th of this year. Yeah, well, after the Fox acquisition. Yep, absolutely. Let's retcon this stuff and start calling them mutants. (laughs) 
What's being suggested now is that the it's the Scarlet Witch character which may be used in the future as a way to bring the X-Men into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. With the idea that, you know, if Wanda can acquire her superpowers because of latent mutant ability, well, it stands a reason there's got to be other mutants out there in the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, maybe her daddy has some sort of weird problem walking by a refrigerator without having his head slam into it. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, 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 by the way, okay, I, I got a notice from Marvel. Oh, excuse me, a notice from Amazon. And because of my previous purchases uh, on Amazon, they went, oh, just wanted to let you know that Marvel's Black Widow, the official movie special book, has been released today on November 3rd, 2020. And would you like to order a copy of that? And it's like, near as I can figure, somebody typed this into the computer months and months ago. Because remember... Black Widow was, after being moved out of its May, you know, May 1st release date this year, mm-hmm. was supposed to be released on November 6th. So it makes perfect sense that Titan would be releasing this official movie special book just three days before the movie hit in theaters. However, right now, Black Widow right now isn't supposed to be released till May 7th, 2021. So I'll tell you right now, Jim, I can, I can clear it up in a heartbeat. Yep. It's a girl named Sarah. Mm-hmm. She worked at Amazon. She had the original post ready. They moved Black Widow. She went, all right, I'll move it again. And then they moved Black Widow, and she went, I'm going to put a post-it note here saying to move this. And then they moved Black Widow again, and she put a post-it note next to the post-it note saying it moved again. And uh, she ends. she's currently got an entire wallpaper of Black Widow's <laughs> been moved in post-it notes. Mm-hmm. And the poor girl, she was going to try and keep up with it, but it would have led to an early death. And she saw that. So she just stopped the insanity and she just let it be until someone has a real date. Mm-hmm. And when May starts coming around, she's going to send you another one. If the movie actually comes out that says, hey, for real this time, Jim, it's out. <laughs> Well, what I'm hoping is, again, clerical error and that this book, and again, I I ordered it literally within like a minute of getting this notice and got an acknowledgement back quickly from Amazon to the effect of, yes, we have placed your order and we'll let you know when it's shipped. And I'm I'm hoping over the next day or so that it actually ships where somebody puts it together. Wait a minute, that movie doesn't come out till May 7th. You know, it's it's really weird that you're talking about a book, about a movie and and reading it because I've got an idea. That's really a lot like what you're talking about, Jim. Would you you be willing to share that idea? Well, I mean, here's the thing. We've been talking about Black Widow getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And I'm thinking if only if only Marvel had access to like really good artists and have them draw pictures, you know, almost like storyboards of the movie and then put them into little, you know, chapters, so to speak. And then they could... (laughs) So, I mean, because Marvel's hurting for money. And I actually made a little piece of audio that kind of encapsulates the whole plan for Marvel. Very experimental. Very cutting edge here, okay? So, people will call me crazy. Here we go. With Black Widow being pushed back until May of 2021, many fans are looking for a way to satisfy their cravings for new MCU content that is still out on the horizon. Out on the horizon. What many movie fans don't know is that Marvel Studios hires dozens upon dozens of talented artists 
who meticulously storyboard these cinematic events well before cameras ever start to roll. In order to bring you a few glimpses of what the MCU still has in store, Marvel will be packaging these various drawings and printing them to page in small booklets using paper and ink technology. technology. This project is known as Marvel Cartoons of Movies in Chapters, or abbreviated more simply as Marvel Comics. Cartoons of Movies in Chapters, or Comics will be published in small story arcs on a monthly basis. You'll be able to subscribe to Marvel Comics and have these chapters sent straight to your home. Be on the lookout for this new paper and ink technology known as Marvel, Marvel Comics. Comics. Trademark patent pending, all rights reserved, copyright like right now, lorem ipsum ipso facto. You're supposed to have a lorem ipsum ipso facto, right? Oh, all the time. It's a side dish, I recall. <laughs> so, obviously, it's it's a slight joke, but hmm. you actually had proved this point a little bit on the last show because you were talking about how they were lowering the price of their subscription yes, for their digital yes. print, uh, mm -hmm. their, their digital comics. And what my whole haha -ha idea is, is that Marvel is more than just movies. It's comic books mm -hmm. and they hire people to do this amazing art of, uh, of previs and all that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they publish stuff all the time. So yeah, that's my little bit about Marvel comics, cutting edge mm -hmm. idea of cartoons of movies and chapters. I, know. I get the point you're making. And then this is definitely food for thought. Anyway, folks, I uh, want to thank you for taking some time to hang out with, with Aaron and I on this this obviously very important, very special evening. Oh, before we wrap up, we should check in one, one more time because this election is so important because it's it, the determining factor of do we have another four years of living under the Avengers or are we going to follow the X-Men into a bright new age? We're going to cut in one more time. Groot, Groot on the election floor. Any updates? I am Groot. Yeah, Jim, I, again, I have failed on every level. Oh, I don't know if failed would be the term I use. I go with, you know, again, I, I, just please do, you, you got him to come on the show. Well, so, happy election day, my friend. Happy election day to you as well. All right, folks, remember, Aaron and I will get a new one of these out the door, and by then, hopefully, get two weeks' time, we'll, we'll <laughs> still finish counting the ballots, or so they say, they think. But in the meantime, if you're looking for other things to listen to, we have a number of podcasts here at the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network. We, of course, have The Mothership, Disney Dish with Lentesto. We have Fine Tuning, which I drew with Drew Taylor, which is about animation news. We have Looking at Lucasfilm, which I do with Dan Z, where we talk about the, the Star Wars films and likewise universe joint with dust and fuse we just recorded a brand new one of those and i want that with shelly viado lead about disney merch and we're working on a new one of those and get it out the, the door fairly soon if you could head over to bandcamp and subscribe that would be helpful you can find us on twitter and instagram uh it's jim hill media and over on facebook at jim hill media news and and Aaron, I guess that'll do it for tonight. But uh, but thanks for bringing Groot on. That it was great to hear from him. So. Next time I'm going to get Rocket and we'll get some real answers. <laughs> yes.